Well, this morning we'll be in Revelation chapter 12. And in Revelation chapter 12, we see, we see that Christ is victorious, as we've seen throughout the book of Revelation. We see that even though there's a lot to take in, a lot to consider, it all boils down to it being about Christ. He's the ultimate focus here in this book. And there's no exception here in Revelation chapter 12. As John sees what he describes as a sign or a wonder, something he's not quite sure what all of it is, he just describes a sign or wonder. It all boils down to being about Christ, and it's pretty evident. We'll start reading there in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 1 where it says, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pained to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven, and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness, where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast unto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness." into her place where she is nourished for time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman 
And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. And the dragon was wroth with the woman, and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Before we go any further, I ask you to join me in prayer. God, we thank you that we see throughout the book of Revelation that this is the book that tells us that Jesus Christ is victorious. Jesus Christ is the one who wins. We see that the old devil, he doesn't. Even though so many times it seems like, with the way our world is, that he is succeeding. We know how the story ends. We pray this morning to give me the words that need to be spoken. Help us to take this message, to apply it in our lives, that it would be your words and not my own. We pray for our church, that you would guide us in the direction you would have us to go. We pray especially for those around us who are lost, who don't know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Help us to share the gospel with them before it's too late. We pray that you would be with the many on our prayer list, that you'd meet those needs in accordance with your will, and help us to understand your will as you do so. And we pray that when we leave here today, you'd help us to take not only what we see here, but throughout your word, and to apply it in our lives that we would live in a way that would be honoring and pleasing to you. We ask all these things in Jesus' name because we love him. Amen. <coughs> now isn't it interesting, we see here as John is describing all that he's seeing. At first he describes it as a, a wonder or a sign and then he explains it a little bit. And he's talking about this battle between Christ and between the angels of heaven and Satan and his angels. And how this battle is won. We see Satan a created being turning against his own creator, don't we? Now how foolish does he have to be to think that he's going to win against his own creator? You know, for a good while I used to work on computers and one of the things that always interested me about it was the fact that they could only do what you tell them to. Because when you put in and you told it, you gave it all the, the program, you typed up everything, it could only do what you told it to do. And think about it. Satan, a created being who has no power other than what God allowed him to have to think that he could be like God himself. How foolish he is and he tries his hardest, and we see the outcome here. Now, this is not his final overthrow here. 
But we see that he's losing the war, isn't he? We see a couple of things in our passage this morning, the first of which we see that Satan desires to kill and to overcome. Look at the way it starts off in this, this great wonder as it's described here, this, this great sign that he sees. It says, There appeared a great wonder in heaven. It says, A woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. So he sees this woman and says she's with child. So she is expecting a child. This woman that he sees in this vision, this sign, says she's travailing in birth and she pained to be delivered. But as he sees this, he also sees, he says, there appeared another wonder in heaven. He sees this great red dragon. It says he had seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. So here this, this wicked red dragon. Who's drawing a third part of the stars of heaven behind him. He says he stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered. For to devour her child as soon as it was born. He hated this child. He was waiting on the birth of this child. But notice what it tells us. It says, And she brought forth a man child. So she has a child. He's a male child. It says he was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. So who is this child? He's the one who's to rule all nations. see there's a woman in this wonder in this sign expecting a child to rule all nations it says her child was called up unto God and to his throne we see the child is Christ Then the woman, it says, fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. So even though we see this great red dragon, who seeks to devour the child, We know who the great red dragon is because it tells us flat out in verse 9. It doesn't even make us figure that one out on our own. It says he was that old serpent called the devil and Satan. 
He had enmity with Christ. Christ, a descendant of this one, it describes as a, a woman with a crown of 12 stars. He's an Israelite, a Jew. God's people. And so this child that would be born to the Israelites, just as it says, for unto us a child is born. He's born. Satan's right there waiting to devour him. He wants to kill and to overcome. But all of a sudden, this child's caught up. He loved to attack this woman. This woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. See? Time, times, and half a time. And not only that, he wants to overcome the armies of God. It says there was war in heaven. Now think about that. This was such a big deal. There's war in heaven it describes here. It says Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought and his angels. So think about all this battle that's going on. It literally tells us that one of the archangels, one of the highest angels in heaven is leading an army into battle against this one that's described as a great red dragon and his angels that are with him. Can you imagine the battle in heaven when you've got a third of the angels led by Satan himself fighting against the others? Led by one of the highest angels in God's army. Battling back and forth. And we'll see as we read on how this battle turns out. But you see that Satan seeks to devour Christ. He seeks to overcome Christ. He wants to... It says he wanted to devour this child as soon as it was born. Not only that, when he loses that battle, we see, it tells us the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was chasing her down, it says in verse, verse 13, says when he saw that he was cast on the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. 
As she runs off, it says she's given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for time and times and half a time from the face of the serpent. So she's running away. It says the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And even though he's trying this, it says the earth helped the woman and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of, her, out of his mouth. So we see he's attacking the woman. He's attacking the remnant of her seed, which is, he says, those which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. He's out to attack Christ himself. He wanted to devour him as soon as, it, as he was born. We see Satan seeks to devour both Christ and God's people, doesn't he? He wants to devour God's people. He wants to devour those who follow Christ. He wants to devour Christ himself. And he's just waiting and lurking for the opportunity is what we see here in Revelation chapter 12. He's waiting for that chance. Now think about it. It says he stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now when I read that, I tell you what pops in my mind. You know, I grew up, we kept cows. And I remember just how big a deal it was, right? When a cow was having a calf, you had to watch. There's all sorts of critters that were up to no good. Give you problems. That's about the time coyotes like to get after them, isn't it? Right in that, that vulnerable moment. You have to watch sometimes because old buzzards just start flying around. Looking for that vulnerable moment. You know, Satan works a lot like that, doesn't he? Look at him here. It says he was waiting. He stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. He was waiting for that opportunity. He's trying to chase down the woman, it says. He's trying to make war with the remnant of her seed, it tells us. He's looking for any and every opportunity. When in verse 7 and 8, you know, we see the battle going on in heaven. He's even, well, if I can't win that way, I'm just going to go attack right in heaven. We see Satan wants to overcome, doesn't he? He's looking for an opportunity. He's an opportunist. He's wicked. And he looks for that opportunity to overcome Christ and to overcome God's people. That's his desire. That's his want is to overcome Christ, to overcome God's people. We see, first of all, this morning that we can be aware of the wickedness of Satan against Christ and against God's people. You know, we need to know how wicked he is, don't we? If the Bible didn't want us to know that, we wouldn't be in there. If we didn't need to know that, God wouldn't tell us just how wicked Satan is. Look at how wicked he is. He's waiting. 
to devour the Christ. He's looking for any opportunity to overcome God that he can. You see it all the way back in Genesis. And we even see that kind of hinted at here, don't we? Let's look at what verse 9 calls him. First thing it calls him after the, the great dragon in verse 9 is that old serpent. They've been looking for his way to win. Right since the beginning, hasn't he? It's the devil. He's Satan. He deceiveth the whole world. He's wicked. And he wants to overcome Christ. He wants to overcome God's people. We see it. Even in the Gospels, look at what he does. What does he do? He goes and tempts Christ himself, doesn't he? You know, I'll give you everything. You bow down and worship me. Throw yourself off. So they can see your power. You hungry? You hadn't eaten in 40 days? Why don't you just turn these rocks into bread? He wants to overcome. When he can't win with Christ, he turns against God's people, doesn't he? And that's who he is and how he works. But even though Satan desires to kill and to overcome, we see this story's got a good ending, doesn't it? We see Satan is overcome, and how is he overcome? By the blood of the Lamb. I love that part. It tells us, even though it says in verse 7, the dragon fought and his angels, look at verse 8, it says, and prevailed not. He fought, but he lost. And it says, neither was their place found anymore in heaven. What does he manage to do? He managed to get himself thrown out of heaven. And it says the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan. He gets cast out. It says he was cast out in the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So the angels that followed after him were cast out alongside Satan. And then we see what's said in heaven. It says, I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. They're celebrating this victory up in heaven. Now the war is not over, but the battle is won. And they're celebrating says, the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Think about this. They're celebrating in heaven because the accuser is cast down. Now, don't we see that's what he's been? Look over in Job. You see just exactly 
such an accuser, don't you? Because every time when Job is tested, what does it tell us? It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And what did he do? Every time he'd say, Well, you know, you just think old Job is faithful to you. But I bet you, if you tried this, watch him fall. Well, you know, he passed that test, but I bet you, if you try that over there, you watch him fall. The accuser of our brethren is cast down, he says. And what an accurate description. Says, which accused them before our God day and night. He was constantly looking for some way to find fault in those who followed God. Constantly saying, well, you, you look at him. I bet you if you try this, he'll fail. I bet you if you try that, he'll fail. You know, he's really not as good as you think he is. He's the accuser of our brethren, he said. But how did the battle get won? It doesn't tell us by the might of Michael and his angels, does it? It doesn't say because Michael and his angels outnumbered him two to one, does it? It says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. The number one thing it attributes the victory in this battle is the blood of the Lamb. Because Christ died for us. That's how he's overcome, isn't it? But not only this, it's by the word of their testimony. So what's that telling us? Not only because Christ died for us, but because of the truth. Can't just keep the message shut up, can we? The blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony says, and they love not their lives unto the death. They were willing to go far as they had to. And all this boils down to the very first thing that, that wins the battle. The blood of the Lamb. All of that boils down to the fact that Christ died. And that's how Satan is overcome. That's how he loses the war. is because Christ gave himself for us. We see Satan is thrown down, and the way he's thrown down, the way we see in verse 12, it says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil 
is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. It's basically saying, you know, we've whooped him up here, and he knows we're about to whoop him completely. And the way that has happened is because of the blood of the Lamb. We see Satan is thrown down. Satan is overcome. He's whooped and he's tucked tail and he's retreating here in chapter 12. And the way this has happened is by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of Christ crucified is how this battle is won. Now, I don't know about most of you. I've always kind of been fascinated with the history of wars in the past about 100 years or so. I've always liked watching historical things about World War I and World War II and the Cold War and all that kind of stuff. And you think about all these wars and you notice one thing in common in just about every one of them is what they call an arms race. See, who can get the biggest, baddest weapons? And that's usually how it boils down to who wins the war. Take World War II, for example. When it came to an end, what happened? The United States dropped a nuclear bomb on a couple of cities. A weapon that nobody else had, a weapon that was so much further in power than what their opponents had. Look at the Cold War. What was it all about? It was basically who could have the biggest weapon to say we can whoop the other ones. You know, think about the devil. He, he thought he had this. He thought, well, I can go in there and I can win this. But what he didn't count on was that he was far behind in the arms race, wasn't he? He thought, you know, he had a, a third of the angels with him. He thought he might could win this. But on the side of the Lord, they had the ultimate weapon, the blood of the Lamb. The fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross on our behalf is exactly what defeats Satan. think about it. He probably thought when that happened, he probably thought he won, didn't he? Here, the Son of God is dead. And then in three days he rose again. And his blood was sufficient to pay the penalty for our sins. What a wonderful that we know exactly what 
leads to the defeat of Satan, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ, isn't it? You see, Christ and his blood is powerful. It said, now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How many times have we heard that song? You know, there is power. It says, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. The most powerful thing, the blood of Jesus Christ shed on our behalf is exactly what whoops Satan makes him have to tuck tail and run. Because Jesus Christ shed his blood for you and me. Now we all realize how powerful that blood is. If it's powerful enough to put the devil on the run. And that's pretty powerful. We see this morning, we can acknowledge the power of Christ, the power of the blood of the Lamb, which overcomes Satan. It says they overcame him by the blood. Satan is defeated here in Revelation chapter 12. He's put on the run. His time is short. Is about to lose the final battle here before too long. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful thing to know that the same thing saves me from my sins. It's the same thing that overcomes Satan. That's wonderful. We see this morning. John describes this great wonder. The sign that he sees in heaven that he knows is not a literal woman and a literal child and a literal red dragon. He describes it as a sign or a wonder and tells us what it's all about. says, you know, it's about Satan being whooped, Satan being defeated. We see that Satan desires to kill and overcome. We see him lurking there as his child is born, waiting for his opportunity. And when he doesn't get that, he looks for other opportunities to win. But we see he's overcome by the blood of the Lamb, isn't he? That's what defeats him. What we can take away from this this morning is that we can trust that Jesus Christ and his blood is what overcomes Satan in his evil ways. You know, as a Christian, it's wonderful to know that my Savior is so powerful that his blood overcomes Satan. Knowing that the one that I trust in is that powerful that the same blood that is shed on my behalf 
what, put Satan on the run. That's certainly powerful enough to save me, isn't it? It's certainly powerful enough that it can pay the cost for my sins and for all who will believe. You know, for the lost person, they need to realize battle's already been decided. The winning side is the side with the blood of the Lamb. Christ is going to win. The way the story ends, Satan and all that follow him, all who don't put their trust in Christ, destroyed face eternal wrath cast into the lake of fire it says over in Revelation 20 and 15 eternal wrath or being on the side that wins the war that's the choice that we have because this morning we can trust that Christ overcomes Satan in his wicked ways. Jesus Christ wins. And that's the way the story ends. The world doesn't like to admit it. You think about it nowadays, they think they've won the war, don't they? They talk about the battle for our culture. The battle for this and the battle for that. They take things to court. They try to overcome the gospel. In many countries, men are killed on behalf of the gospel. The truth, that testimony that it was talking about there. But you know what? I know the way the battle ends. I know the way the war ends. And I know my Savior and His blood is more powerful than anything Satan can bring. And that is wonderful news that we can take with us each and every day.